0: Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church and Pastor Jack Marslender. This message is from the series Ephesians, Who We Are and What We Do in Christ, and was preached on November 7th, 2021. Keep in mind, they will be presenting our choir a Christmas musical celebration on December 12th in the city of Avondale Amphitheater. Okay, different location, um, but we're kind of broadening this up, going to invite the community, and on December 12th, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, our choir will be leading in that, and you all are going to want to uh, be there. We are in the book of Ephesians, finding out, learning what it means to live as a Jesus follower. And in the next part of the book that we start today, Paul teaches us how to thrive in the most important human relationships. He starts with the the husband and wife relationship and he talks about the parent-child relationship and boss-employee relationships. Master those and you are well on your way to a happy and productive Christian life, but mess up those relationships and your life can be miserable. We're going to start today with looking at the ultimate foundation of human life family, and culture, even government. And that's the husband-wife, the marriage relationship. Now listen, I want to start with a caution, so hear this part very carefully. My goal is not to make you feel guilty. That often happens when we preach on the family. Because we can look back over our life and recognize that we've we've messed up, and we've blown it. So I want you to understand first right off the bat, God forgives. The church forgives. Good families forgive. So yes, if there's unresolved issues from the past to deal with, deal with them. But mostly what I'm teaching you is how to live your life as a follower of Christ from this point forward. So my goal is not to discourage you, but to encourage you as we look at what God wants for us. Now I don't need to tell you that marriage is in trouble. It isn't working for many people, maybe even most people. Adultery is rampant. Physical and emotional abuse are common. Substance addiction is probably a worse epidemic than COVID. Finances are causing major stress. Cohabitation or repetitive divorce now seem to be the standard. And even in lasting relationships, the constant bickering and arguing between husband and wife can make life almost unbearable. Now I don't want you to think that I I often eavesdrop on conversations, but I heard two conversations recently in which the people were talking so loud that you couldn't help but overhear them. Uh, One was on a flight back east when we went to North Carolina. I sat down on a flight and a couple sat Behind me. Now they had been bickering all the way up the aisle and blaming each other for everything and arguing about everything. Who's going to get the window seat? Why did she bring so much luggage? Yours weighs more than my does. And they, they were arguing about if you'd have checked in earlier, we wouldn't have to sit in the back of the plane, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Arguing about everything. They sat behind me. They were loud, and so I couldn't help but hearing them. Finally, he got up and he moved across the aisle. And she said, Why did you move? He said, I know what it's like sitting next to you. I'll take my chances with a stranger. <laughs> go, Ooh, that is not the kind of relationship I'd like to be part of. I, many of you know I do the grocery shopping in my family, and uh, this week I was in uh, the grocery store, and I was uh, a, a long-term married couple, based on their conversation, were kind of camped out in front of me in the barbecue sauce aisle talking about what kind of barbecue sauce to get and the husband said I don't know what you said I don't think I want to know you and Larry argued out anyway um, (laughs) anyway so he said finally they're pointing to different ones and comparing the price and all that's normal and everything and finally he said I like the hickory smoked kind and she said I've been cooking for you for 60 years and you've never told me that. He said, I've been telling you that for 60 years and you never listened to me. I reached in between them and I got one hickory smoked and one regular smiled at him and moved on down the aisle. I mean, even in the lasting relationships, you see that, that we' We're not necessarily doing it right. And the sad news is that many people have given up on marriage altogether, at least on a biblical marriage based on a long-term, stable and loving relationship between a husband and a wife that is intended to be for life. Now, I can understand younger people looking at my generation and saying there has to be a better way. Because honestly, Many people looking at my generation, we're going to have to admit my generation, we've often blown it. My generation barely made it out alive of the 60s and 70s drug and sex culture. So rebel against my generation if you want to. I understand that, but don't rebel against God's plan. God's plan may be considered old-fashioned, it's definitely countercultural in today's world, but it works. Now, now now stop for a minute and listen. I am not advocating traditional marriage, for there are many traditions that are ungodly. The man is king of his castle is certainly traditional, but not necessarily biblical. A woman should stay home barefoot and pregnant has been a long-term tradition, but it's not biblical. And it's understandable for a man to cheat, but not a woman, was a long-term but very ungodly tradition. So understand what I'm talking about today. Instead of proposing traditional marriage, I'm proposing biblical marriage which is something altogether different. And we're going to read about it in chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians. So, you can follow on the screen or you can open up your own Bible, Ephesians 5:21 through 33, and it opens the next section, the Jesus way of relationships. Let's stand together as we read it. Ephesians 5:21 Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let me repeat that one because it's, it's it's key for the next three passages. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. You may be seated. As we think about this a little deeper, I do understand that that this passage is considered old-fashioned. I'm okay with that. I know it flies in the face of much of today's teaching. I'm okay with that, but I do want you to understand it has two hugely important things in its favor. It's how our Creator designed us and made us. And when we work in conjunction with that, that is when we are happiest and healthiest, and it works. Those who live by this find themselves to be happier, healthier, And their families leave a positive um, thing for generations. The the, the family legacy is carried on. So let me point out five important truths about the husband-wife relationship that we really need to learn. And the first is this. The foundation of the Jesus way of marriage is a Christ-like character. I want you to notice that Paul did not talk about relationships, husband-wife, parent-child, boss and employee or master and slave. He didn't talk about these family relationships until the end of the book. It's because he first had to teach us who we are and how to live before he can teach us relationships. You're really not ready for marriage. You're not ready for children until you learn what Paul has already taught us about christian doctrine and christian behavior you're not ready for these relationships until you know who god is who jesus is who other people are and until you're well on the path towards love compassion kindness honesty integrity purity forgiveness And you're not ready until you know how to control your anger and your tongue and then when you've learned to walk in the spirit and act like Jesus, then you're ready. I want you to understand that marriage and parenting are much less about what you do, they're about who you are. And your character is the foundation on which you build human relationships. That's, by the way, why marriage counseling often fails. Because people want to come in and know, what can I do to fix things? And that's not really the issue. You can't fix this until you change who you are. And so don't just look for a technique. What do I say? It's much more about who you are rather than what you do. It's kind of like trying to hang artwork in your house before you built it. There's no wall there and there's nothing to hang there. You gotta start from the bottom. You gotta build the foundation and put in the plumbing and electrical and put in the studs and, and the joist and 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 the sheeting and 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 the drywall and paint it and put in the flooring and then you can hang the artwork. People want the fix it before they build the foundation. They want the the fine points before the house is even built. And so what I'm telling you, and that's why this appears here towards the end of the book of Ephesians, because Paul Paul spent the first five chapters teaching us Christian doctrine and Christian behavior. You've got to start with the foundation. And so the best course on marriage has nothing to do, at least outwardly, with marriage. The best book on parenting, at least outwardly, has nothing to do specifically with parenting. The best thing you can learn about marriage and parenting is what I have been teaching you, the truths of the Christian faith and allowing them to change your behavior and who you are. And that's 90% of what it takes to be in any kind of healthy relationship. Your Christian character, modeled forged, changed by your relationship with God and you're walking in the Holy Spirit and you're paying attention to the Word. Change who you are, the foundation, and your marriage is going to improve. Your parenting is going to improve. Your relationship with your parents is going to improve. Your relationships at work are going to prove. Your relationships in the church are are going to prove. So you start with the foundation, Christ-like character. And then you're ready for the specifics of marriage. And the first key is this, mutual submission. And the most important of those two words is not submission, it's mutual. Too many men, men I hope you don't make this mistake, too many men want to jump directly to verse 22, wives submit yourselves to your husbands as you do to the Lord. Ignoring that God in verse 21 had already asked for mutual submission. You submit, she submits, they submit. That's part of the foundation of healthy human relationships. Now, I want to tell you something about the text here, because in some translations, Ephesians 5 21, will kind of show as the end to the previous paragraph. And in some translations, it will show as the beginning of this paragraph. I think that's purposeful. It actually fits textually, linguistically, grammatically, either way. And I think because it is the transition. This is the final point in what Paul has been teaching about Christian behavior, be willing to submit mutually to each other. And it's his first statement on how to go into specific relationships, mutual submission, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So let's answer the the three big questions about submission. What is it? Who submits? And why? And they're all right there in that passage. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. What is submission? It's giving up your right to be the boss and allowing someone else to lead. It's deferring to someone else who may or may not have greater wisdom. It's choosing to lose an argument. It's seeking to be number two instead of number one and wholeheartedly supporting number one. It's choosing to follow instead of to lead. It's refusing to assert your own way and opinion because love is more important than who's in charge. And so we live in this environment, and the healthiest families do, when there is submission on both sides. Who submits? everyone. Men to their wives, wives to their husbands, children to their parents, parents to their children, employees to their bosses, bosses to their employees. It's the key to healthy relationships. Anybody who asserts that they're always right and they always need to be number one and they're always in charge and they're always the boss is going to find themselves in constant ongoing drama, tension, and frustration. Because we all need to learn to submit. And the why is just as important. Notice what he said submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Because we recognize he's the real leader, not me, not you. And so I'm going to back down rather than argue, rather than insist rather than take charge and run over people, I'm going to back down because of my great love and reverence for Jesus Christ. And so the Jesus way of marriage starts with a Christ-like character, and then it's mutual submission. The healthiest marriages and the healthiest relationships of all types are more a partnership of equals than they are a military command structure. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so that's the key to relationships. Now, I don't want you to think that I'm against a husband taking the lead because Paul is very clear about that in the next section. But I do want husbands to understand the right kind of leadership. And that is loving leadership. And I'm covering this first because I believe that most women are willing to follow a man who loves her like Jesus loves her. So listen to what Paul said. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, Cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So, leading like Jesus, and men we're called to lead like Jesus, after the mutual submission. Men are called to lead like Jesus, and leading like Jesus is based on loving like Jesus. It's not about being the king, the boss, the papa. It's doing what Jesus did for us, and think through what Paul says here that Jesus did for us. He lived for us, not for him. He died for us, not for him. He made us holy. He cleansed us. He did everything within his power to build us up, care for us, and make us radiant. He cleansed our stains, Paul says. He smoothed our wrinkles. He cleared our blemishes. And he looks upon us as holy and blameless. And men, you're called to love your wives to that degree. As Jesus loved the church. I read this story, you probably have read it, but I wanted to share it. An elderly man had the daily habit of going to a care facility to feed his wife breakfast and then to be back and feed her dinner. It wasn't easy. She had lost most muscle control and so it was a a messy job. She was so deep into dementia that she didn't know who he was at all. He never complained. He never missed. A nurse was concerned about him and told him, Listen, we can do this. Take a few days off and care for yourself. And she said she won't know the difference. She doesn't even remember who you are. And the man replied, but I remember who she is. She's my wife. And he continued to do it. Love your wife like that. Love your wife like that. Love your wife like that, men. And most likely she will follow you anywhere, anytime, even into tough times. And so understand Man, if you're gonna say, I'm the boss, then you're called to love like Jesus, who was willing to live for and die for us. And so you do the same for your wife. The Jesus way of marriage is based on loving leadership. And then, of course, leading isn't leading unless there's a follower. So a wife is called to faithful following. A wife follows her husband leadership. And as I said, if he loves and leads like Jesus, she will usually want to. Because she knows his decisions are based on what's best for her and the family and not based on what's best for him. She's willing to follow his leadership because she knows that he is completely trustworthy. Like Jesus. Because she knows he will never forsake her. Because she knows he is telling her the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Because he has a proven track record of Jesus' love and character. And so she leads and follows, just like she follows Jesus. Because the trust and respect and love are there, and she knows her husband. Now, let me be real. Never known a perfect husband. I've never known a perfect wife. And I often hear this, and it's wrong. I will hear, if he would just do that. And I often hear from him, if she would just do that. I want you to understand the biblical truth. We should never base our character and our behavior on someone else's character and behavior. You are responsible for yourself before God. And you do right because you are a follower of Jesus, regardless of what people do around you. Women, your husband is not perfect. He's not Jesus. Men, your wives are not perfect. But you do what's right. Because you're a follower of Jesus. It's not based on her or him. It's based on who you are. And so if you want a healthy relationship, you forge your character in the face of Jesus. You submit to one another. You love like Jesus. You follow gladly, not begrudgingly. You take care of yourself, your own personal character. You make sure that you are walking with Jesus and full of the Spirit. And you are forgiving and loving and kind and compassionate and have honesty and integrity. And you follow Jesus and do what he is called to do, whether your spouse does or not. And you continue to love like Jesus. And so the Jesus way of marriage is based on the foundation of your Christ-like character. The key is mutual submission. It includes loving leadership, men be willing to lead, but lead like Jesus means love like Jesus, even die like Jesus if necessary, and it includes faithful following, and it includes one more biblical truth that we need to understand about marriage, and that is a biblical understanding of we. Listen to what Paul said. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, But they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church, for we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So Paul said to men, if you are loving your wife, you are loving yourself. Why? Because you have become we. You are no longer just two separate individuals. The I and the I have become we. The you and the me have become us. Loving my wife is loving me because we are one. The two will become one flesh is much more than just a sexual reference. It's a spiritual reality. Don and Jack are no longer just individuals, Don and Jack. They're Don and Jack. No spaces, no hyphens. We are called to be we, one. And by the way, that's why Jesus viewed adultery as such a serious sin and why he said that divorce was permissible in that case because adultery is not just a sin against God. It's a breaking up of the we and that's why it takes really hard work to come back together because you've got to reforge the we and become one the often stated complaint against marriage and you've heard it it's just a piece of paper that's a misunderstanding and a put down of marriage marriage has nothing to do with the paper that's a relatively modern invention Biblical marriage is a sexual and spiritual and emotional and legal joining of a man and a woman into one. The two become one. And so a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. And this we, this husband and wife relationship, this marriage, becomes the building block of a healthy family, a healthy church, a healthy community, a healthy nation. And though we often see political answers to our nation, we're not going to really experience revival until our families are healthy. And that starts with a man and a woman becoming one, becoming we. Because the foundation is broken, the nation built from that foundation. Will be broken as well. So, the Jesus way of marriage, Christ like character, mutual submission, loving leadership, faithful following, and understanding of we. So, what am I asking you to do today? I want to share with you three things simple words, but do them. And the first involves your brain. Think about it. Are you living up to these biblical truths? Do you need to rethink what you believe about marriage? The sad truth is that most people get their concept of marriage either from mom and dad, which may or may not be good, or from human culture, which is not good. And so we need to stop and rethink what we believe based on biblical teaching, not on what others say. Because normally, even if you go to church, you're just going to follow and do what, if you're a man, what your dad did. And if you're a mom, what your mom did. And, And you need to make sure and think through, is this right? Is this biblical? Am I doing the right thing? Am I living the right way based on what I really believe? So think it through. And then number two, talk it through. If you are married, thank God and talk with your spouse to make sure you were on the same page. But let me clarify that because we often talk about that being on the same page. I'm asking you to be on the same biblical page. It's not just that you agree, but that you've studied the word and you know what the Bible teaches and you're on that page. So talk it through. I hear a lot of couples when I do counseling say, oh, we talk all the time. But when you ask them what they talk about, it's the kids and finances and you know tomorrow's schedule and who's going to do what and and who's going to do that and those all need to be talked about. But there needs to be on a on a deeper level talk between husband and wife. Are we doing this right? What could I do better? Is a serious question that spouses ought to ask each other. Talk on a deep level about what we can we do to make sure that we're on the same biblical page and I know that's scary because sometimes what you've learned in life I'm just not going to talk because I'm afraid of what I might hear well you probably need to hear it so you can fix it and get on the same page so think, talk and then do but you got to start with the thinking and the talking because often my first reaction on what to do in any situation is wrong and I'm better off stop think what would Jesus do what does the Bible say what is the right thing based on a Christ like character talk if it's a family issue to my wife and get her opinion and her input and then I can do but you've got to change your character first before you change your long term behavior you can change what you do tomorrow but you really can't change what you do with your life until you change your character and become more like Jesus. I've told you the story a few dozen times over the years, but it's worth telling. When Don and I were having trouble early in our marriage, I went and talked to my pastor. I told him what was wrong, and apparently I put too much blame on Don instead of me. And he told me quite simply and directly, I will be glad to counsel you based on one condition, that we don't talk or even mention dawn. But it's about marriage. No, Jack, it's about you. And I will help you become a man of God. And then when that happens, I believe your marriage can make it. Great advice. Jack, you become the man Jesus wants you to be. And other things will fall into place. I'm not there yet. I'm still working on it. But our marriage did come back together. And we've been together for a long time <laughs> 78, 21, 43 years, if my math is as good as I think it is. And it's been good. But it helped because very early on, in my early 20s, a pastor had the nerve to say, Jack, you need to work on you. You need to work on you and not on Dawn. And don't worry about what she's doing and don't tell her what to do. Because I had quoted that verse. Men, don't do that. Submit to your husband as to the Lord. That didn't go over too well. Yeah, yeah the pastor said, work on you. So understand what I'm challenging you to do. You work on you. You live and love and act like Jesus. And the relationships in your life will be much more stable, healthy, and happy. Thank you for listening to messages from Avondale Baptist Church. If we can help you in any way, please contact us. Our information is on our webpage at abcaz.net. Or you can call us at 623 623- 623 Thank you and may God bless you and your family.